0: The Adventures of Sam Spade, Detective, brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic, the non-alcoholic hair tonic that contains lanolin. Wild Root Cream Oil, again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming
1: first.
2: (laughs) Sam Spade, Detective Agency. Are
3: you still there?
2: I believe that interpolation is hardly rhetorical, Mr. Spade. To what have you been up you'll pardon the expression? And has that girl regained her facilities? I uh, wouldn't know, but her
1: uh,
3: faculties are as good as ever, if you'll pardon the expression.
2: Mr. Spade, sometimes I think you're a regular philanthropist.
3: Don't you mean philanderer?
2: How much money did you make out of that case? Well, I
3: uh, broke even, anyway.
2: That's what I mean. You're a philanthropist. Well, you know best, Bernadine. Way, was that man really murdered with the bus door, or was that just publicity? He
3: really was, Bernadine. Why? There just happened to be one lying
2: around. Oh, I don't mean that. Why was he killed?
3: For the wheel of
2: life. Oh. You're
3: not going to ask what that is?
2: Some curio, no doubt. Now listen, Bernadine,
3: the wheel of life is, uh. Oh, well. I suppose I don't have to tell you to stay where you are. Just sit quietly with your book in your hand. And I'll be right down to dictate my report on the Wheel of Life, Caper.
0: Dashiell Hammett, America's leading detective fiction writer and creator of Sam Spade, the hardboiled private eye, and William Spear, radio's outstanding producer-director of mystery and crime drama, join their talents to make your hair stand on end with the adventures of Sam Spade presented by the makers of Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair. Come on, mister, give the gals a break. Treat them to a look-see at a really handsome head of hair, neat, well-groomed hair, the way yours is going to look when you spruce up with Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Famous Wild Root Cream Oil grooms your hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, removes loose, ugly dandruff. So how about it, men? Why hold off any longer when now is the time to get Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic? Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. And now, with Howard Duff starring as Spade, Wild Root brings to the air the greatest private detective of them all in the adventures of Sam Spade.
3: St. James
2: and Connery
3: to see my baby there. Ready, Bernadine, little flower?
2: I'm way ahead of you. Keep it clean. No more than three erasures per page. Jokey, dokey
3: Oak. I mean joke. I mean date.
2: Oh, I'd love to. July 11,
3: 1948. To uh, Detective Lieutenant Dundee, homicide detail, San Francisco police. Subject, the uh, Wheel of Life Caper. I don't go away Bernie. I don't know why these things always have to happen to me. Under private detectives in the San Francisco Classified Directory, they're listed somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 agencies, several with large display ads. But somehow, she managed to find me.
4: It's all so strange, Mr. Spade. I hardly know where to begin.
3: Well, the beginning is always a pretty good place to start, Miss O'Farrell.
4: Uh, yes, the beginning. It was like waking out of a nightmare you can't remember. Everything seemed out of proportion. Even the buildings along the street seemed to be leaning at a crazy angle. And then I realized I was traveling down a hill. I looked wildly around for something to help me get my bearings. There was a street sign, O'Farrell, stuck in my mind, so I gave it to your secretary when she asked for my name. Uh
3: Uh-huh. And what's your real name?
4: I don't know. I don't know who I am, where I came from, or where I'm going. Mr. Spade, I'm so frightened.
3: Uh, now, wait a minute. A lot of people suffer from uh, temporary loss of memory. And most of them recover. But amnesia is a sickness, and I am not a doctor.
4: Oh. And you won't even try to help me?
3: Well, I can give you the name of a good head doctor right here in the building. There's also uh, missing persons.
4: Oh, but I'm not a missing person. I'm right here.
3: Yeah, I mean, where you aren't, somebody might be missing you, Nespa?
4: But the police... Oh, I'd rather not. I I might be wanted for some crime. How do I know?
3: You sure you want to find out?
4: Oh, yes, I do. I do. It's terrible not knowing. But I want to find out for myself. Can't you understand that?
3: What do you think I can do for you?
4: You might save my life. From what? I'll try to tell you exactly how it happened. First, I looked at my watch. It was three minutes past ten. The cable car stopped at the corner and a man got on. I, I couldn't remember ever having seen him before, but then I couldn't remember anything. He sat down beside me, and he caught hold of my arm. I tried to pull away. Well, you can see the marks where he...
3: Yeah.
4: Well, who was he? He acted as if I were... I think
3: I know what you mean. Did you uh, find out who he was?
4: No, no, I was too frightened to speak. What did he say? He sort of growled it out of the side of his mouth, but it sounded as if he said, Lathrop wants to see you.
3: Mm -hmm. You remember anybody named Lathrop?
4: I can't remember anything before three minutes past ten this morning.
3: Well, let's go on with since then. The guy grabbed you said somebody named Lathrop wanted to see you, and then what?
4: I went into a panic. I managed to jerk away from him, and I jumped off the moving car, and then I looked in the classified section, and I found you. Why me? I don't know. The name, I guess. A spade to dig up my past.
3: Please, Miss (laughs) O'Farrell.
4: Do you think I'm very silly?
3: No, I think you're very beautiful. I wish you could remember whether you're married or
4: not. Oh, no. Well, at least I have no wedding ring.
3: What have you got? I mean, besides what's visible.
4: Well, I couldn't find much of anything. I went over my clothing. There don't be any, seem to be any marks of any kind.
3: No. Well, you got any money?
4: A little over
3: $300. Let's have it. The purse, too.
4: All right.
3: Uh-huh. Lipstick, aspirin, bobby pins, Kleenex. Uh, nothing here. They couldn't have been bought in any drugstore. <sighs> powder. <coughs> hey. What kind of powder is this?
4: Uh, then there was this in my coat pocket.
3: A match folder. Sailor's Rest Bar, Hotel Calcutta, 1100 Embarcadero. little number written inside. 120. What's that, a room number?
4: I don't know. My purse. You have to destroy
3: it. Here's $10 of your own money. Buy a new one. Wow. Did
4: you find something?
3: coin. Chinese bit. Good luck piece. Probably sewn in by whoever made it. Maybe in China. That uh, ring any bells?
4: No. No, I'm afraid not. Shoe. What?
3: Your right shoe. Let's see it. Take it off.
4: Uh, you aren't going to tear it up the way you did the purse, are you? Uh,
3: dust. Plaster dust. Is that a clue? I don't know, is it?
4: I'm not a detective.
3: Well, you are in this case, baby. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything.
4: Well, it doesn't. That's everything. What am I going to do?
3: Well, let me see. First, we better give you a name. Oh, well, Farrell's all right. You look like, uh, well, uh, Lana would do, but. Oh, that's in use. Uh, How about uh, Poppy for forgetfulness?
4: Poppy (laughs) O'Farrell. That's a funny name. Oh, you think so? Uh, I think I like it. You do? I think I like you, too.
3: I liked her, too. There may have been blanks in her brain, but the rest of her figured. In the elevator, I started adding it up. And by the time we reached the street floor, it came to quite a tidy sum.
4: Where are we going, Sam?
3: Far, I hope. But uh, first, we're going to find a place to stay.
4: Oh, yes, we must be practical.
3: No use overdoing it, huh?
4: Oh, no, Sam, I didn't mean... Oh, wait. What's
3: the matter? You remember something?
4: That man, the one who followed me this morning, he's standing right out there waiting.
3: The one in the straw hat leaning against the newsstand? Yes.
4: Where are you going, Sam?
3: You stay here. I just remembered something I hoped I could forget. Hello, Shuggy. What brings you back to town? Do I know you? That doesn't matter. I know you. The name you were using when you blew this town was Shuggy Bellows. You wouldn't take the risk of showing your face here again unless the caper was worth it. You've got a big nose. Keep it clean. You've been tailing that girl all day. Why? Damn what damn? Who's Latrop? I don't remember. Okay. I'll give you a chance to think it over. Hey, officer. You dirty shawmage yelling. No, no, you don't care. Here, no. I'm
0: hey, on right here. Break it up.
3: Oh, oh Mr. Spade. Is this fella giving you trouble now? Yeah, what kind of a beat are you piling here, Clancy, letting a cheap grifter like this walk around with an armpit full of gun? Or are they handing out permits to characters like these this day? These
5: well, no. Uh, how about that, son? Uh, have you a permit now? And a goop, copper. Oh, so, where did them clever lads he is. Well,
0: come along, me bucko, before you lose me temper and give you your lumps
5: now. Stop okay, I'm coming. That's better now. Uh, much obliged, Mr. Steele. I'll pay you for this, shall
3: And a goop to you, too. I was sure he would, but I was also sure that I wouldn't have to worry about him for the rest of the night. I checked Poppy O'Farrell in at the Belvedere, locked her in the room, and told Tiny Stover, the house dick, to keep an eye on her. When I left him, he was, and uh, he seemed to be enjoying his work. Then I headed for the Embarcadero. I found the Hotel Calcutta, but I couldn't find a lobby. There wasn't any. It had been squeezed out by the sailor's rest bar. So I tried the bosun-type bartender.
5: Howdy, mate. Uh, you, you got business aboard?
3: Yeah, where do I find the person?
5: They went ashore. All the officers went ashore except the janitor. He's passed out in his bunk. <laughs>
3: oh. How about the passengers?
5: Yeah, uh, You're in the thick of them right now. They spend most of their time and their money right here.
3: Uh, which one belongs to
5: 120? You a Dick. Yeah, but I got ten bucks. Well, what I can tell you ain't worth it, but thanks anyway. He stayed in this cabin. I only saw him at once. That's when he went ashore. I says to the deck steward. that's room clerk to you, who's the general. He says, name a Korolinko. I noticed him because he was a real creep, see? Six foot four, of solid brass. His head stuck up in the air, and he didn't move nothing from his stern to his shoulders. A real Frankenstein. Hey, uh, do I keep it then?
3: Yeah. Do I get a look at his room?
5: Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Who's stopping you? <laughs>
3: So I went. Nobody stopped me until I opened the door to 120. Then I stopped myself. It was an inside room with one small window and an air shaft. But it looked as if a flurry of snow had blown in. The floor and the rest of the flat surfaces were sprinkled with a fine, dirty white powder. It wasn't snow, it was dust. Plaster dust. Like the stuff I'd found in Poppy's handbag and on her shoes. I shook the place down, not expecting to find anything. I didn't until I opened the wardrobe. It was the body of a well-dressed ship surgeon, but his uniform was rumpled, torn, and bloodstained. From the look of him, his throat had been cut. I wondered if Poppy would be able to jog her memory that far back. When I found the murder weapon, I hoped she couldn't. I really did. It was not a knife. It was not even a razor. It was an electric buzzsaw that torrent. the makers
0: of Wild Root Cream Oil are presenting the weekly Sunday adventure of Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective Sam Spade If you want the well-groomed look that helps you get ahead socially and on the job, listen. Recently, thousands of people from coast to coast who bought Wild Root Cream Oil for the first time were asked, how does Wild Root Cream Oil compare with the hair tonic you previously used? Better than four out of five who replied said they preferred Wild Root Cream Oil. And no wonder. Wild Root Cream Oil grooms the hair neatly and naturally, relieves annoying dryness, and removes loose dandruff. What's more non-alcoholic Wild Root Cream Oil is the only leading hair tonic that contains soothing lanolin. So ask for Wild Root Cream Oil hair tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. By the way, smart girls use Wild Root Cream Oil too, and mothers say it's grand for training children's hair. And now, back to the Wheel of Life Capers, tonight's adventure with Sam
3: Spade. Times being what they are, I could use a little publicity. And so could you, Lieutenant Dundee. What with the elections coming up and you with no promotion all these years? This one time, I got it instead of you and wished I hadn't. The morning papers called it the buzzsaw murder and went on shamelessly from there horror killing related by private eye. Stan Slade, ex-Pinkerton man, mum on mystery woman. Elderly sleuth, dodges photographers, denies hotel visit, was in bed with apple and good book, says Peeper. There wasn't a word of truth in it, mainly because nobody could get at the facts. I wasted most of the day down at headquarters trying to find out what name Suggy Bellows had been booked under. Then I dropped in at the Belvedere. Poppy had checked out. I decided to get back to my office and drink poison. I hardly got the desk drawer open when a sobering influence walked in. It was a Mr. Six-feet-Four of solid brass. The Frankenstein who had been described to me by the bartender as the occupant of room 120.
1: Excuse me. I am Korlenko. Please, I shall sit down. I am so heavy.
3: Make yourself at home. Oh.
1: Mr. Swade, uh, Slade, uh, excuse me, I am so heavy, I, I am Korlenko.
3: So you told me, I am really Spade, myself.
1: So, why are she hiding from me? Who? That girl, Miss Paget. Her I am paying one month in advance, $300 American. Me, she have deserved. I am not rich, only moderately wealthy. But you understand is not question for money alone. That ship's doctor, he was most kind to me. He cared to me even after I arrived. Now he are dead for his pains, his dirty tricks. Yeah, 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 I know how you feel.
3: Now, if you'll uh, take it a little easy, I think we'll get farther. You say this girl's name is, uh, Paget, and she traveled with you?
1: Oh, from Macau, da, uh, where she is the Florence Nightingale for Portuguese hospitals, forcing me to employ her all others being Chinese nuns. That figures. You, were uh, sick? No, only I am so heavy. They are breaking my back in traffic accident. Uh, a rickshaw collusion.
3: You're, uh, wearing a
1: plastic cast? Yes, like a turtle. I am close with my neck sticking out. Look. See? Now it is better as before. The ship's doctor trimmed the rough edges with buzz saw. Buzz, buzz, buzz. I can walk. But it's like soot from armor for which I alive. Look.
3: again where he opened his shirt front, exposing the gray-white shell of plaster that surrounded his trunk from collarbone to hips. In a six-inch circle over the left side of his chest, I counted four bullet gouges. I dug one of the slugs out and examined it. It was 32 caliber. The plaster cast, which was molded to the shape of his body, was no more than an inch thick. I didn't see how it had stopped the slugs, but it had. About then, the parts of Korolenko that were not held rigid in the cast began to tremble violently.
1: Why are they doing this? Why? To a virtually helpless man. Why, Mr. Spade? Why, why, why? Uh,
3: where did you have that cast put on?
1: Don't I said Macau? The Portuguese hospital there? The same. They are hanging me up with the neck and plastering me. Comes great pain, they put me to sleep from anesthetic. I are waking up in ambulance, arriving at shipboard. Why you wish I should tell you my operation? More important things we should be discussing.
3: Uh, I think so too. I think Miss Paget and her friends had something they wanted to smuggle out of Macau and into San Francisco, and
1: you're it. Oh, excuse me. I, I am not comprehensible.
3: Look, I mean, while you were out with the anesthetic, they uh, planted the goods, whatever they are, in or under your
1: cast. Oh, oh, that is why I am so heavy. The wheel. The wheel. The what? The wheel. Look, I'll show you.
3: He hauled a manila envelope out of his overcoat pocket and waved it in my face. I took it over to my desk and fished out the contents. It was a set of x-ray films, three of his spine showing the fractures, four of the skull, three I couldn't figure out, and one of his rib cage. Only something new had been added. In silhouette, it looked like the wheel off of a child's wagon.
1: What is it, this wheel? What to do? What to do? Six months I must remain in this thread jacket. If I remove it, I die. If I keep it on, it, they kill me to get their smuggled.
3: Well, you look to me like the luckiest man alive. That wheel or whatever it is saved your
1: life by stopping four slugs. But still, I shall die. How shall I die? When shall I die? Your best advices, please.
3: Karlenko, I think you'd better die right now. Excuse me? It's the only safe place for you. The morgue i called my friend Maxie, the morgue man gave him pitch number one three seven five nine six he agreed to play along an hour later i stood on the curb head bowed hat in hand as the morgue wagon drove away
5: into the gathering mist straight facing the way uh what do you want shuggy I want to blast this gun straight through you, and I will if you give me any excuse at all. You sound like you mean that, Shuggy. You're getting smart, Shamus. I get going. Where to? Mr. Lathrop wants to see you. dear boy, you've not failed me this time. This will be the fabled Mr. Spade, eh? Come in, come in, come in. Ah, sit down, Mr. Spade. We'll talk.
3: Tell your guns will get that pistol
5: out of my ribs. Oh, me. yes, indeed, sugar. You mustn't overdo it. And get him out of here. I'm
3: tired and nervous, and my price goes up a thousand bucks every minute he's in this room. When I get to 10,000, I kill him. Then the price
5: jumps to a 100 to take care of me on a murder rat. I should ought to plug you downstairs. Come, come, sugar. Don't be ungracious. You wait in the other room now. Okay, it's your party i get mine later. <laughs> oh, dear. His bite's much worse than his bark, Mr. Spade. Don't start
3: boring me so early in the evening. I came here to talk about the wheel.
5: Oh, so
3: you know about the wheel. I do better than that. I've got it. That may well be, but do uh, you know what to do with it? I got two possibilities. I can turn it over to the cops and you with it, or I can sit on it until
5: it hatches. <laughs> A quaint conceit, sir. Round and round the little wheel goes, and where it shall stop, nobody knows. That's where you're wrong. It stops right here. So you better start placing your bets. Well, just what do you mean by that, sir?
3: There's part of it. What is it? It's one of the slugs your gunsel threw at Korolenko. I got three more just like it that I dug out of him before he was carried to the
5: morgue. Well, huh. an advantage I'll admit, but uh, hardly worth your while to take advantage of.
3: Don't be too sure of that.
5: Just uh, how much do you know about the wheel?
3: So far, it's been worth two human lives to you at the risk of your own. That tells me all I need to know.
5: Oh no, not quite. Men have been killed in holdups for a few paltry sovereigns. But the wheel is a horse of another color. Well,
3: let's not change wheel horses
5: in midstream, Mr. Lathrop. Yes. <laughs> You must understand that the wheel has no absolute finitive value. Uh, monetarily speaking, the British Museum might pay close on to 5,000 pounds, hot as it is for the privilege of returning it. <laughs> Occidentals aren't the puka that they once were in the Orient. The theft of the wheel, if countenanced by the Western powers, would have most grave consequences, most grave. Uh, are you attending, sir?
3: Wake me up when you get to the point.
5: Ah, well, the point, sir, is this. That little wheel, that little wheel of gold, is the wheel of life, which the Buddha himself is said to have received into his hands from paradise. Now, given such a relic, a few old Buddhist monks can set up a shrine, which even in the most miserable surroundings can attract enough pilgrims to outgross Radio City, Madison Square Garden, and Miami Beach in season. To say nothing of Hialeah. Uh, Yes, quite. In short... We propose to act as booking agents for the wheel on a royalty basis with the percentage of the house.
3: Mm -hmm. Why did you bring it to San Francisco?
5: Oh, Gad, sir. Were we to bargain in the Orient, we should be hacked to pieces in our beds. I'll settle
3: for a lump sum and let you do the bargaining.
5: Uh, And uh, your price, sir? We
3: can talk money later. First, I got to give the cops somebody for the doctor's murder and for Korolenko. Uh
5: Well, that ought not to be too difficult. Uh, when may I expect delivery? I'll check on it.
3: (laughs) I went out to St. James Infirmary. (laughs)
1: City, Mark.
3: Uh, Maxie, Sam Spade.
1: Yeah, Sammy.
3: Uh, deal's okay. Send it up. The address is...
1: Sam, Sam, wait. Yeah? Sam, you ain't here no more.
3: What happened?
1: Somebody claimed him. A girl. Eh, said she's his daughter.
3: What did he do?
5: Well, I'm playing dead like you told him to.
3: Maxie, where did she send him?
5: Uh, Avalon Mortuary, Corner Lynch and Haight.
3: Okay. Uh, uh by the way. Uh, yes, Emmy? Uh, Maxie, put some clean sheets in that morgue wagon size 16. I may be your next passenger. <laughs> At the Avalon Mortuary, the night watchman let me in. He said Mr. Korolenko's daughter had brought an overnight bag and was keeping a vigil by his beer in slumber room number seven. I approached on tiptoe. Just as I reached the door, I heard the most terrible sound I've ever heard. It was a buzzsaw biting into plaster. How deep, I didn't like to think. I did the first thing that popped into my head. I grabbed up a lamp from the console, smashed the bulb, and plunged it into a vase of flowers. As luck would have it, slumber room number seven was on the same fuse box. As luck would not have it, I was facing a desperate woman in the dark. The carpet while she emptied the gun. I hoped she didn't have a spare. I forgot about the buzz saw. The room lighted up momentarily from the lights inside my head, and I staggered back against the wall. I waited for her to get her bearings again. There was no hope of me getting mine. Then I heard a big hollow thud. The whole room shook and the lights went on. Poppy O'Farrell and or Paget lay on the floor under the stony weight of Korolenko plus 60 pounds of plaster. Get
5: up! Get up! You're crushing
1: me! I can't. I am so heavy. You, uh,
3: you comfortable there, Korolenko?
1: Comfortable in such situation? Do you ask the turtle? Are he comfortable? His fake on bed of nails is equally here as elsewhere. Yeah,
3: okay, okay. Just just hold her there until I get a statement. And he did. Item, statement by the aforesaid.
4: It was like waking out of a nightmare you can't remember. Everything seemed out of proportion. That
3: was it her, was her still... story, and I had to admire the way she stuck to it. But if you keep trying, I'm sure she'll get back enough of her memory to confess that she planted the wheel of life in Korolenko's turtle shell when she decided to double-cross Shuggy and Later. They never tumbled to her hiding place. They were gunning for Korolenko because they thought Poppy was working with him, which was true in a way, but not the way that they thought that's why they tortured the doctor in an effort to learn Kay's whereabouts. I understand your boys have picked up the rest of the trail, and they can tell you everything except why I conceived the brilliant idea of having Korolenko play dead. Between you and me, uh, amnesia's a handy little gadget to have around, Dundee. I'm trying to draw a few strategic blanks myself. Period. End of report.
2: Pardon me, Mr. Spade. Yes. There are just a few little coincidentals that I do not find entirely reprehensible.
3: That, uh, such as?
2: Well, I don't want to appear lucid or anything of that type.
3: Believe but... me, you doesn't. I mean Donut.
2: Oh, you say the sweetest thing. Hmm. Uh, but it's about the wheel. Oh,
3: yes, the wheel. Well, I'll tell you what you do. You type that up. I've got to call in about that now.
0: Tonight, when you're making out your must-do list for tomorrow, why not include a reminder to get Wild Root Cream Oil for the hair? Honestly, men, you'll be delighted with the neat, natural way Wild Root Cream Oil grooms your hair, the way it relieves that annoying dryness and removes loose, ugly dandruff. Just try it and see if I'm not giving you a good steer. Make a note right now to call at your drug or toilet goods counter for Wild Root Cream Oil. Get the big economy bottle and the handy new tube that's easy to pack when you travel. Also, ask your barber for a professional application of Wild Root Cream Oil Hair Tonic. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first. Uh,
2: Did you ascertain the lowdown on the wheel of
3: life? I certainly didn't. No, we won't know about that for six months. (laughs) Because definitively, I mean definitely, that plastic cast has to stay on them. Doctor's orders, you know.
2: six months from now.
3: You can say that again.
2: But I won't be here six months from now. Stop
3: repeating yourself.
2: But you just said you can say that again. Yeah, mm -hmm. Just as distinctly as if I was sitting here. Uh Uh-huh,
3: that's what I like about you, Bernadine. Uh, A woman of distinction, that's what you are.
2: Well, if you want to take me dancing, why don't you just say so? Bernadine. It's bleepier, and I always say discrimination is the better part of value.
3: You are absolutely corrupt.
2: Well, I'm glad I'm right about something. Good night, Mr. Spade. Good night.
3: Now, say that it kills me, Sweetheart.
0: Adventures of Sam Spade, Dashiell Hammett's famous private detective, are produced and directed by William Spear. Sam Spade is played by Howard Dove. The Adventures of Sam Spade are written for radio by Bob Tolman and Gil Dowd, with musical direction by Lud Gluskin. Gil Dowd directed tonight's broadcast in William Spear's absence. Join us again next Sunday for another adventure with Sam Spade. Brought to you by Wild Root Cream Oil. Again and again, the choice of men who put good grooming first.